It's time once again for our broadcast, Good News and Better News, where we spend 22 minutes advancing the theory that life really does not suck. And now, here is our host, author, screenwriter, and podcastman, Jonathan Richard Kring. Hello. I was thinking today, whoever came up with hello, uh, what, what would be the basis of it? You're starting out with the word hell. That's not exactly friendly. Maybe it was somebody who was in a bad mood who then saw that his friend was smiling and so was going, hell, oh, you know, kind of compensating as he went along. The Winter Olympic Games. The Winter Olympic Games in South Korea. Oh, my. The United States is not doing very well in the medal count. But take heart. School shootings, we are pure gold. Dum da dum 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 Do you feel it? Can you feel it deep inside your heart? Yet another fool went into the school to break the golden rule while on the run he took a gun and shot his chosen few. Seventeen are dead is what they said after commercial break. Experts are sought. A lesson is taught about the creepy fake. Mama cries, Daddy lies, and old friends have their take. I sit and stare as if I care, stunned by the sameness, looking for proof, some lasting truth to proclaim myself blameless. Only 17 slaughtered this time, a little less than before. But if they, but if they, if they were me, it would be different, you see. Someone shout and roar. But since I live, the little I give, my sympathy, not much more. When blood is red, folks are dead. Never to breathe again. Is the gun to blame? Don't use his name. Just bury our national sin. I have crazies in my life. I, I was thinking the other day, if, if anybody might consider me one of their crazies, these are people you know are just a little bit unbalanced. Or is it imbalanced? I'm not sure if those two words, unbalanced, imbalanced. Anyway, they're not quite right. We love them. Sometimes they're even family members, and of course there's nothing worse than trying to confront a family member with a problem, especially if you're suggesting a mental illness of some sort. That's really not good conversation beginners. But we have our crazies. 
Every family has their crazies. Every group of people has their crazies. Every church has its crazies. Every business has its crazies. And it is our responsibility to, to answer that question uttered so many thousands of years ago by Cain. Am I my brother's keeper? Damn straight you are. We gotta take care of our crazies. When we don't take care of our crazies, we sit around and talk about Parkland for the wrong reason. Not their cheerleaders, not their football team doing very well this year with an excellent record. Not their scholastic achievement, but the layout of the bodies in the campus and how many bullets went into each young carcass. See, there's three things that piss me off about this. And it's not just the shooting. The shooting, the shooting is the shooting is the shooting. We get it reported on ad nauseum, and we, we get all the details, and we know more about the shooter than we dare should ever know about this human being. These are the three things that piss me off. When the camera goes on people, and they lead off, the, the, the camera's on them, and they, and they say, well, what do you feel? What do you feel about what's happened here in Parkland? And somebody or somebodies or a group of them always begin off with saying, well, <clears throat> I, <clears throat> pardon me, I'm sorry. I'm, I'm, I know they're in a better place. Excuse me. I believe the day of the shooting, it was 80 degrees in February, sunny in South Florida, and many of these people were in their teens. Now, explain to me what better place you're talking about than that. Explain to me where you who have no knowledge whatsoever of what lies beyond the sky can give of a certainty that this person that is laying there riddled with bullets is in a better place or does it put you in a better place to believe that they are <laughs> maybe that's it it could be it could be you need to believe they're in a better place because you don't know what to do about their death that's one thing that pisses me off. Don't tell me people are in a better place. You don't know that. And I'm tired of us trying to make heroes. He jumped in front of the three girls and, and, and got shot and killed. And this person over here drug out two bodies from the situation. I'm tired of this. When people are killed, when people are mutilated, when mayhem enters the campus of an institution of learning. There are no heroes, just victims. I know it makes us feel good. I know it makes good nightly news. And I know we like to sit around and go, well, that person died courageously. But they're dead. And what they would give to be a little less courageous and a whole lot more alive it is foolish. It is a little piece of American 
falsehood that we want to take people who have been killed and destroyed and their futures eliminated and try to turn them into heroes and give them little medals that they couldn't get at the Winter Olympics. So we can say, yes, it was horrible, but out of that we've learned a lot about ourselves. Did we learn this? This is the third thing that pisses me off. First one thing was, just in case you're keeping notes, don't tell me these people who got shot went to a better place, and don't tell me the people lying dead on the ground are heroes. They are victims, and we must realize they're victims and continue to believe that or we won't do anything. The third thing that pisses me off is when we say, no one saw it coming. No, no one could imagine that this young man was going to be anything but what? But what? Exactly what he telegraphed, because I will give you, I will give you 14 quick, 14 quick warnings that this guy gave to everyone. Number one, I am disturbed. He was not at the top of his class. He was not captain of the football team. He was walking around school with a grimace on his face, could barely make eye contact with anybody, and he was putting across clearly, I am damn disturbed. And because he was disturbed, you know what he did? I bet you can guess, I am disturbing others. People were disturbed by him. Being around him made the girls go, he's just so, so creepy. Gives me the creeps too, man. Okay, great. Let's work with that now. We've got a guy who's disturbed who's giving you the creeps. Hey, maybe we should do something about that since we've been listening in the news about these school sh shootings, but we don't. We wait until he starts portraying himself as the victim. Maybe it's in social media. Everybody's out to get me. My name is Nick. They call me a dick. They say I look like a chick. I'm going to cry. I'm going to hurt them. I am the victim. Once he became the victim, like any animal cornered, <sighs> the claws started coming out. He started preliminary threats. Well, if you guys don't cool it, you, you, I'm, I'll get you. Simultaneously, as he's threatening and everybody's giggling and saying, man, he's weird. Man, don't you think he's weird? You know, I think he's weird. Let's everybody take a vote. Everybody that thinks he's weird, raise your hand. Oh, my God, everybody. He gets drenched in self-pity. <laughs> you know what self-pity is? It's what we pour on ourselves when we have no accomplishment, when we have no accolade, when we have no evidence that we are really doing anything of quality. We pour self-pity on ourselves to moisten our life up. And 
make us feel like that we are worth something. And then he gets tired of self-pitying. Don't we all? We're sitting in the corner one day and we're going, I'm tired of self-pitying. Tired of feeling for myself. I'm going to stand up damn straight. I'm going to stand up and do something. So this, this, this guy, he starts intimidating. He stares at girls when they're walking by. They report it to the office. He's out there doing that again. Doing what again? He's staring at us. What do you mean staring at you? Well, he, he's leering at it. He's staring at us. He's making us uncomfortable. What do you mean by uncomfortable? How can somebody stare at you and make you feel uncomfortable? Well, he's, 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 in, he's an intimidating presence. Oh, let's not be that way. Let's give him a, a chance. Then when he realizes he gets by with intimidation and nobody stops him, nobody says, hey, excuse me, excuse me, young man, uh, you might have some problems. Would you come with me? Just come with me for a few minutes. I, I have some people who you can talk to and maybe we can get some things going here for you. You know, um, no, 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 no. Once he gets by with the intimidation, what he does is he starts writing warnings on his Facebook I plan to do, do, do such and such to who, and this person at 4.32 yesterday afternoon said, said that, I, that, that I was sick. And I hate them for that. And he writes these warnings, and we start seeing things in his penmanship and his mindset appearing on social media. And we think, well, it's free country. God knows it's a free country. If you start saying that this, this person is going to get challenged on what, on what, on what they write, then, then they're going to challenge what you write. Listen, folks, I think you can risk the little caption you put on your puppy pictures for the chance that somebody might step in and catch somebody when they start writing crap on Facebook. They write warnings, and then, while they're writing warnings, and then they get by with that. See, it's all about what can we get by with. It's, it's a part of our human nature. Let me try this. Oh, well, that worked. Huh, interesting. Let me just push it a little further. Oh, well, nobody stopped me there. I'm, I'm going to say this about the principal. <laughs> they were a little uncomfortable, but nobody said anything. You know what I'm going to do? I've always been curious anyway. I'm going to purchase me a goddamn gun. And I found out I can't purchase a handgun because I'm only 19 years old. They'll only let me get a high-powered rifle. Somebody please explain that one to me later. Thank you. So he purchases himself a high-powered rifle. Now you got the gun. Now the gun, what is the gun? The gun is the friend you've been looking for. You couldn't get it with that girl over there. You, 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 you remember Cindy. She wouldn't respond well to your overtures. You went out for about uh, three hours worth of basketball practice, but it was too damn slow for you. I mean, it was just, shit, how can you run that much? But now you've got a friend. It's sitting right over there in the corner. Hi! It's almost like it 
It smiles at you. It says, no, 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 you crazy son of a bitch. You are important. I make you important. <laughs> we are buddies. Give me a hug, would you? you know? Give me a kiss on the bullets before you put them in. That would be so special. He purchased the weapon, so he's got a weapon. What's he got to do? He doesn't know how it works. The first time he tries to pull the trigger, the safety's on, he feels like an idiot, has to call the manufacturer. So he goes to a, a, a gun club where he can uh, practice or a special spot out in the Everglades where he can shoot at some alligators who might have the stupidity to stick their snout up. He practices. What is he practicing for? He doesn't know. Not sure yet. Kind of has an inkling in the back of his mind. If push came to shove. But he practices. And then as he's practicing and he notices about all four or five practice sessions in, he starts aiming that terrible tube of evil and when he shoots, he hits things. And he hits what he thought he was going to hit. So he becomes arrogant. What is the source of the arrogance? They told me I wasn't going to have a friend. They told me I was sick. They told me I'm a creep. They told me I'm a dick. But look what I got now. I got a friend who can talk for me. So then, with his arrogance, he starts looking for the right moment. What kind of right moment are we talking about? Well, not, not, not a moment necessarily to do anything violent, but a moment to let somebody know that he could. There's a fun part of it that I can let somebody know that I could do something really nasty. Don't tell me I don't have a gift. I got a trigger finger. Look at me go. During the time that he's looking for the right moment, something happens. We don't know. It's usually something little. Maybe it's that final failing grade that put him out of the mix of any possibility of graduation. Who knows what it is? But it's a, it's a, it's a symbolic rejection. And then he starts warning people. I'm going to do this, I'm going to do this, I'm going to do this. Because there's no power in, in doing something unless people know you're going to do it, unless you, know, unless you can flamboyantly advertise the event. And then one morning, because nobody's listened, nobody noticed that he was disturbed, nobody noticed he was disturbing others, nobody saw him becoming the victim and threatening and drenching himself in self-pity and beginning to plot and intimidating others. And then they didn't even pay any attention when he wrote his warnings on his Facebook page. When he purchased a weapon and practiced with it and became arrogant about his ability, they ignored. He looked for the right moment. He warned them, but they still didn't listen. Even the FBI did not follow through. So he killed. The good news is, friends, 
what happened in Parkland can be changed, but it's going to take alert, caring, and gutsy people who realize, who realize life is happening right before us all the time. And the better news is, if we learn the players and we understand the process and we actually give a damn, we, we can change the game. That's it for today. Stay tuned next week when we will gather once again and find ways to put the pin back in the grenade. Be sure to subscribe and follow us on social media and at goodnewsandbetternews.com.